Hey, hi, hello, how is everybody doing today? So, actually, I was in the middle of worshiping, and I actually want to continue, just because, you know, my spirit is lifted right now, so I want y'all to um, hear one of my favorite songs. It's by um, Mwanga Ben, it's called Tuko Teari, which is Now We Worship You. Just to begin with it.
Okay, so let's let's go into it at the end of this song. Uh, I love that song. So, I have tried to record so many episodes. I'm not going to lie. At least four. And three of them were not working. So, I just, I wanted to, like, stop reporting when I was going to make an episode because I felt like the enemy was trying to hinder a message from getting out so much happened during quarantine like I remember that one of the last episodes I tried to record one of them was supposed to be a catch-up and a testimony about how I almost drowned um and another one was just like to explain everything that's happened in quarantine another one was going to be about like sexual purity and the gospel of insanity um there was so many and I remember right off I got before I got off Twitter I wanted to my flesh wanted me to make a podcast about a subject that most are really it's like it's in Proverbs where it says don't like feed your jewel don't give your jewels to the the swine they're just gonna you know do what swine do so it's like you can tell somebody something but if they're not receiving it it's different for each person because you'll be able to discern with somebody whether they need to keep hearing it, whether you need to fast and pray for them. And other times, God will just tell you, this person is not going to accept me. And it's crazy because I was at my job. Oh, I have so much to catch everybody up on. I was, I'm at my, okay, I can't say my job because, you know, I don't know if anybody in the state that I live listens to me. I know a few, but, like, I don't know about too many. But anyway, my job, a lot of witches not only work there, but they shop there, people who worship deity. It's all in the same my eyes because witchcraft is as, no, the sin of rebellion is as witchcraft. And that's in First Kings, I believe. First Kings and Second Kings, I know that. Anywho, what I was trying to say is, I was trying to like pray against this woman picking up this bottle of alcohol and I was like in the name of Jesus like you know she couldn't hear me but I was like in the name of Jesus and I was just like why is this working why isn't this working why isn't this working and I was like she's not getting saved and I was like hmm and that's really hard to like to be here and understand the authority you have in Jesus Christ, but like, and then at the same time, here God says that person is not getting saved because not everybody is gonna get saved. We have to understand this, and it's really hard because when you have so much love and you want to give the same agape love out to others, you want them to see the peace, you want them to feel everything, you want them to feel the love and Jesus to shine His light on them. And it hurts you because they don't want it. They can't see it. They can't comprehend it. They don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. They don't have it. It hurts. But it's something that we all have to come to um, understanding. So this episode is really just going to be probably like a catching up episode. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna try, Lord willing, to record a few episodes today. And I want my sexual morality, immorality, sexual purity one to come out next. But... So, all right, let's go to the beginning of quarantine somewhat. Uh, it started off pretty rough. Like, it was really good. I had just got baptized in January, and I didn't know about how, how the attacks from the enemy would feel. Like, like, I remember the first week after, and I'm pretty sure I said this in another episode, but... God was allowing me to see how the enemy was going to attack me in the next two weeks. And 
it was so crazy because I literally had a dream for each temptation I had, for each person I had a temptation for, for each drink, for like there's so many different things and I had dreams and I was able to turn them all down but one and I was so ashamed, I felt so guilty and I listened to the lies of the demon and I felt like I had to work my way back up to to be right in the eyes of God and so I literally remember one night crying on my bed. I don't sleep on my back. I don't like sleeping on my back. But I fell asleep on my back with my arms out crying, just saying, God, I can't pray tonight. I can't read tonight. I love you. I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. I have to go to sleep. I'm so, I'm upset. I'm tired. I feel drained. I'm done with life. And that's exactly what I did. And as I fell asleep, I literally felt like, it felt like something that couldn't touch something in me was vacuuming it out. And then, like, the vacuum broke, and the thing that came out of me was no longer in me, but it was next to me. And it wanted to come back in. And, yeah, so after that, it was more so me just trying to get back on track, getting my prayer life back on track, getting my reading life back on track. And at that point, I was good. I wasn't really dealing with anything other than really negligence with God. And I feel like a lot of people deal with that. You might not be struggling with sin in particular, but you still neglect God. You don't you don't give him as much time as you should. And sometimes there's unknown sins and you don't even know it. Some sometimes we think we have such forgiveness and we don't. Sometimes we have anger, we have the spirit of revenge. There's so many things we could be dealing with, but we don't we don't see it. And that's why it's so important to be humble, get on your knees, weep out to God and Ask him, search me out, Lord. What am I doing wrong? Tell me what I'm doing wrong in any areas. Let me know. Because if we don't do that, we're, we're becoming high-minded of ourselves. And we're just going it, to... It's not smart to do that. And we have to catch ourselves. I, do, I just caught myself today. Like, I was watching a sermon, and he said something. I had to pause, and I had to ask God to, to show me, am I doing anything wrong? Because at times, I forget to do that. I just ask God to, sh- to like, you know remove what's not supposed to be in my life but I don't always remember to ask God to remove what I'm doing in my own life show me what I'm doing so I can then ask you to give me the strength to do said thing or to completely rely on you to remove it from my life depending on the situation because sometimes he wants me to ask him for the strength and other times he wants me to solely rely on him to do it himself either way he's doing the work because he gave me the strength but my point my point is I was working, I was like, I wasn't trying to do it by works, but I was trying to like, I need to read this many hours a day, I need to pray for this many hours a day, and I had just started picking up fasting, like, it was this weird fast I had did, it wasn't weird, but like, I need to watch my words, but it was, um, it was a fast that I've never done before, and it strengthened my prayer life, and then after that, I started getting courted, which really distracted my relationship with God, because now... I'm being courted. And the crazy thing is, this is the exact man God told me to make him a friend when I first met him. And this this is crazy. I'm going to share a little testimony. When I was in the world, God stopped speaking to me. He stopped giving me dreams. I stopped having a conversation with him. Not only did I stop feeling peace, I felt more chaos, but he spoke to me a few times when I would be like 
I went to like three or four parties when I was in the world. But in that time, like he would tell me, look who you're around, look who you're being, who, look who you're associating with, look what you're doing. You don't have to do this. You know, you can stop. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. He kept reminding me. And then he stopped speaking to me. And when I met my husband, who at the time was um, an associate, I never viewed him anyway to make a move on him or anything. But you know, I was filled with lust. So there was like this one time a very lustful song was being played and that thought popped in my head and God instantly shut it down. He said, make him your friend. And after that, it was simple. Never looked at him that way. I obeyed that, which was weird because I couldn't obey anything else he was saying. I was trying, I was trying. I tried to stop masturbating. I, I tried to stop having sex. You know what? No, hold up. I'm going to hold that for later because I'm going to get distracted. So when I when I first started getting... Now, this is months later. I began to be um, courting. Though I got asked to be courted. And so when this happened, it was very distracting for me. I spent more time being on FaceTime with him and talking with him and being booed up with him and, and, and all this other stuff. And I, I had to keep reminding him and us. It wasn't just him, but us as a couple that we have to make God the center and that's the thing and another thing about it is sometimes we especially me especially not especially I was expecting a pastor to be dropped off by like this this amazing like cherub and just drop it off at my doorstep with him already in the proposal position just Will you marry me, woman of God? I was expecting that, you know, the muscles, the suit, the beard, it all. But I'm, I was 18 at the time. I don't, one, I don't deserve that. I'm, I wasn't even, I wasn't at the time. Neither am I ready yet to be in submission to a man like that. I can't even handle that yet. And I wasn't understanding that. I, I, didn't, I didn't comprehend it at the time. God, why am I not getting this? Where is this man? I wanted a man from the islands, you know. But I wasn't getting that. And I didn't know why I wasn't getting that. And then, and then this man popped up in my life. And I remember praying about my husband. Like, God, I want a man like him. But who, but who fears you? You know, he leads in the world. But I need a man me in this lead spirit. And it ended up being him which is crazy, but I, the transformation in him has been just miraculous, a miracle, literally. And to watch it is a testimony itself. And so I was distracted, but then we started to read together and I saw the transformation of him. And I, I saw, um, I was able to, the thing about me is God has made me very observant, observant. And I have the I have the gift of discernment, and it's it's really amazing because I can witness like I, I I can witness something happen, and I'll just be able to learn from that and like teach others from this situation that I just watched. I didn't have to feel it. I didn't have to do anything. I could have just watched it, and I'm good. So he was um, seeing the transformation because he came from a place where Christianity was forced upon him, where it was. It was nothing with relationship. It was all forcing him to say hallelujah till you receive the Holy Ghost. It was, and I didn't grow up in a church. I was like, wow, oh my goodness, this is, this is different. And to see how it affected him, how it affected him and why it made him stray as far as he did. And it's crazy because he told me that he um, believed we were in a simulation 
yeah, simulation. I was just like, wow, wow. And I don't know, it was just kind of crazy and seeing the transformation from him, me and him finding his church, which I don't. Mm, I'm not. I'm gonna close my mouth. Um, so we found this church, and I just saw like he was uncomfortable at first, and then I saw him slowly opening up, and then, and then it got to the point where like he was praying. More, he was more open to pray than me. I was very nervous to pray in front of him. I'm so quick to pray, but praying in front of um him was different than praying in front of others. And all right, so he was more open to pray and just a lot of things. Just to see the transformation to the the man of God he is now is amazing. Oh, then I got proposed to. And and I believe June. I forgot the date, but I got proposed to in June. I got married in June, and um, that's the crazy thing. I'm a married woman. I got married at 18. Yes. So it was just like at first I was like, God, I don't deserve this. God, I don't deserve this. I was I was the woman at the well. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. And literally before I was about to record this episode, I was thinking about that. And he told me I did. He told me, I deserve it. The people who go through the most pain are going to be on fire for God. The people who go through it all are going to be on fire for God, and they're going to receive things. I'm not saying you're going to get that Benz. You're going to get that eight-story house. You're going to get the life that you want. But you're going to get things that you deserve, the things that you sought out and were never given from you and were taken from you, robbed from you. Your entire life you will receive through Jesus Christ, of course. And it's, it's just, it's it's so different being married. The love, and there's agape love, and it's the love that we search for. Some are blessed to receive it, and some don't, and they go their entire life searching for it. But, oh my goodness, these notifications, how, how do you mute this? I don't know how to mute it, but it's whatever. Um, It's whatever. Okay, anyway, so, yeah, we can go into the little testimony about me going to this this river that we have. We didn't have much of a summer, but I went to a beach on a cloudy day, and I forgot, last year they said something about sea lice or something, and I just felt like little stings. Uh, I, it could have been jellyfish, I don't know, but I just know I saw stuff on my body, and I freaked out because I don't mess with that stuff. And I instantly wanted to go home. So that was like one thing. That's not the testimony. I'm just saying that's what we had in the summer. And so then we went to the river. Me and my husband went to the river. And I ended up seeing my cousins there, which was unplanned. And so we just started hanging out with them. And on my my first way down, because like our river has a bunch of rocks. And... So it's like this little slip and slide, but made by nature. So we go down, we go down and everything. But my husband is kind of like a little reluctant to get in the water. He doesn't want to do it. It's too cold and all the other stuff. So I have to wait for him, but I still see my cousins going down. So I finally get them in the water and we're going down, but now I can't see them. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I'm just going down, going down, going down. And then I'm just like, oh, okay. So we're coming to the side and I try to go to the side because I don't know where they stopped off. So I'm assuming, which is stupid, but it happened, right? And then I realized the water is pulling. So mind you, there's a current. It's a really heavy current. Super strong current. And it's pulling me. 
now I no longer see a safe area to reside in. I see fast, fast water, and I see really rocks. I'm like, all I could think about is hitting my head and breaking my legs, breaking my arms. I'm just like, Lord, please, in my head. I'm, I'm not even thinking about that, actually. I'm really just thinking about, I don't want to break this. I don't want to break this. I don't want to be injured. That's what I'm thinking about. And I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I'm trying to keep my, like, I have clocks on, so I'm trying to, like, angle my feet in a certain way where they don't, like, break. But, um, and then, all right, so let me just say this. I'm an amazing swimmer. I was a lifeguard. So when it comes to me getting help swimming, I'm, I'm like, mm, I don't need that. I can teach you, though. I can teach you, though. That's how I am. So when it comes to it, I was coming to this area where it was technically rapids they call it hollywood rapids and i see people and they're just staring at this little five foot two five foot three woman who weighs less than 140 pounds i believe so just zooming down and seeing the rocks and seeing this one area where the water is just splashing in many different directions and I look at them with fear in my eye, like, help, but I'm not saying it. I'm just like, yo, help me. You save me. Extend your arm. Like, do something. But with my eyes, my mouth is closed. So <laughs> I get thrown into the water, like, under the water. And I look up and I can see, yeah, it's dirty water, but I look up and I can see like feet above me. It could have been three, but it truly looked like five or six or eight. I'm an amazing swimmer. So I tried to swim up, but I couldn't. I wasn't moving. The water was coming in many different directions and it was pushing me down. So I was like trying to do it on my own. So then out of nowhere, I get pulled up. I'm above the water. So now I look to the people and I'm like, help, help, help. I'm, I don't even know what I'm saying, but I know I'm like asking for help in some, some way. And then I get instantly pulled back down into the water. And at this time, I already felt like I was about to die. And I was like, is this it? Did you really save me? for me to only be in you for about a year, maybe a year and a half, if we count certain moments. Like, is this it? Lord, don't do this, please, please. And I was all I could think about was, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. Please don't let this be it. Please don't let this be it. Please don't let this be it. I didn't ask him to save me. I was like, please don't let this be it, though. And once I did that, the second I did that. I was pulled up from the water and my feet landed on a rock. Now, I tried this before earlier and I kept slipping, being like scratched over some rocks and still pulled and a whole bunch of other things. And it was so crazy to me. It was so crazy to me because as soon as I got on that rock, I put my hand up, my face was down and I just said, Jesus, hallelujah. That's all I could say. And I didn't realize it at first because that entire, like, majority of the day after that, I was in denial. I was, I was in shock, really. I was more in shock than in denial. That was the wrong word. I was in shock. And he kept giving me revelations. He kept giving me revelations on why that happened. At first, I received, it was to, um, to wake me up, to realize I need to be way more serious than what I'm doing. I was, I was doing 
good for what I was a few months ago. But now that I'm older spiritually, I need to act older spiritually. And he requires more from me now. And I was like, okay, okay, I was getting it, I was getting it. And then when I went to record the episode, he dropped it on me that it was showing me that we can't do anything on our own because the first time I dropped into the water, I couldn't swim myself up. I couldn't save myself. He pulled me up to give me another chance. You're going to ask me, your father, for help. And then I chose the people that I could physically see with my eyes. So he sent me back down. And he pulled me up once I finally relied on him. And when I finally relied on him, he didn't push me back down again. He put me on a rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. That blew. That was just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But okay, I just wanted to. I wanted to share that testimony because I thought that was amazing. Um, and now you know, um, me and my hubby got our own place. So it, it's so amazing when you, when you when you don't come from much. It's amazing to finally do things on your own. You do these little adult things, and you, you can't tell other people because they're going to be like, you should have already done this. You should already know this. You just got to have a celebration with yourself and Jesus. Like, just, ah, ah, I'm doing this, you know? You're doing life, and that's the thing. That's what I've been learning. You just have to do it on your own. Like, you can't always tell people about your accomplishments because they're not even going to be happy for you. They're going to be like, Either they're going to be jealous, thinking like, you should have already done this, or they're just not going to be as excited as you, and that might hurt you. I don't know. But anyway, so I'm going to, um, I wanted to talk about what's going on right now with the whole, man, I didn't record actually six episodes, if I think about it, and none of them have posted. Anywho, I wanted to talk about, in the episodes, I wanted to talk about the, um, the recent thing happening with the Black Lives Matter movement specifically, um, COVID with the mask, the vaccine, which by the way, we are not accepting the mark of the beast. We are not taking the vaccine. We're not taking a chip. We don't know what it is, but whatever it may be, if you cannot buy or sell or trade without it, that's it. We're not taking it. We're not getting 666 tatted on us anywhere. We're not bowing down to anybody, dead or alive, unless they're Jesus Christ. That's it. I'm not bowing down to anybody. Actually, let me go into the let me let me go into it, okay? So as somebody who who did protest, who did protest, okay? As somebody who did, I was able to at first I went to go. Because I wanted to bring God to him That was always my motive But after going there I was not only convicted But I was also revealed a lot of things Like I said Thank you Jesus The gift that he bestowed upon me Is discernment One of the gifts And I was able to see The whole Listen to this No justice No peace so you're saying if you're if we're not receiving justice, we're not going to there's gonna be no peace. Now some people that could mean we're just gonna keep protesting and that's the no peace. You're gonna hear us till three o'clock in the morning. Others that means destruction. Others that means works of the flesh. 
that's that's what that means and they wholeheartedly stand behind it i also saw so much hatred a lot of hatred after my city was burning down buses for transportations they were burning down and breaking and stealing into dtlr gamestop a bunch of there was a bunch of black owned businesses that's all got destroyed so that's how i know it truly for my city wasn't a hundred percent for the oppression the 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 senseless murder the the racism in general it wasn't for that it was revenge there was a spirit of revenge and it was i don't know how to say it but it was like it's understood like i we all can get it like you can you can only feel only put so much baking soda was it baking soda or like them little mentos in the soda and then it you know it goes everywhere you can only put so much into it before it does that you can only put your hand on the stove so much before it burns that's these are horrible analogies um a person can only take so much before they snap essentially now there's righteous anger and there's worldly anger and what we saw most of it was worldly anger now it's not saying that person shouldn't be angry be angry and sin not. So I tried to bring God into it and I was revealed that they wanted, not only did they want us to bow down, they told us to get on our knees for people who have died. It's not because, it's not that I'm not showing any respect to the person who's died, but I'm not getting on my knees for anybody, period. I'm not. If you are not Jesus Christ, I'm not getting on my knees, period. That's it. I'm not bowing down to anybody. I saw... I remember going to, I think, the Capitol. It looked like a little mini White House, but in Virginia. And I remember this this lady who was next to me. I helped her get to the front. We're, like, at the, at the fence that they put up for us. And she was crying and explaining to this man what's going on. Because she could tell that he didn't understand. And he started snickering and laughing. And they were like, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? And they, they just couldn't stop screaming it. And they were getting so upset. And they couldn't see it was witchcraft. Forms of manipulation, intimidation, and domination. What do you think trash talking is? Like, why do you think people do that before a fight? It's a form of fighting. Witchcraft. And they, and they, and they didn't... They didn't see it. They they can't see it yet, but I'm just saying. I was seeing certain things, and then I was seeing, like, I remember I saw a post. No, I think I actually told my husband I saw something something about 666, and he was like, yeah, no, no, black people doing that. Black people don't mess with that. The next day, I'm, I literally go to a protest by myself. I see this black man having a flag of this upside-down pentagram and some other stuff on it. I have I have it in my phone somewhere, and I had to show him. I'm just like, you need to, you need to let that go. Children of Satan are children of Satan. Ch- children of God are children of God. Don't try to put a gender behind it, age behind it, color behind it, nationality, ethnicity, whatever you want to call it. Don't put it. Don't put it there. Simple. And I was seeing so much. And I was seeing, after a while, then I saw the crowds were more white than anything else. And it confused me at first. And now I kind of get, like, upset when I see people with, like, 
Black Lives Matter, like, shaved into their head or sewn onto the back of their um, hats. And it's not because I don't like that it's being talked about. Because it should have been talked about. But what I don't like is why are you suddenly doing it now? With so much effort, so much passion. Where was this fire before? Why were you not lit up like this when you saw people going through this? When you were in the fours, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. When you were doing it, where was this passion? That's what I'm saying, and that's why I get upset when I see it. Because I'm like, you don't even deserve to say this. But then at the same time, God calms me down and is like, they could have a change of heart. But I know at the same time, some people do it because it's a trend. Like this whole Brianna Taylor thing. People start doing this. I had I had to get off social media. I hate TikTok. They be on TikTok and it be this girl trying to post to get the attention of men. Boom, she's about to show her boobs. She covers it up and then starts talking about Brianna Taylor. This is not how you do it. It's not how you do it. I just, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know. I just don't like that. If you're going to be about it, really be about it. Research. Learn that history. Get your facts straight and don't just start talking to everybody. Talk to the people with the problem. With the sin. And that's the thing. Change is not going to happen. Why? Because people don't see the, the principality of it. They don't know how deep racism is rooted. They don't even understand Satan is using it. He, they don't understand how Satan is using it. They think, they think it's just 12. They think it's just the system. It's far more than the system. I promise you, a lot of a lot of twelve are Freemasons, and you know what? The, you need to learn what they are taught and how they view people. And that's why they say black people in the industry are sellouts. They're Freemasons. Like. I'm over here getting riled up because it irritates me so much. Because it's like I try to explain to them, it's not a skin issue. It is a sin issue. This person was taught that because it's sin. But it's also in the blood. It could be a generational curse. Period. So many ways they could have got infected with it, but they're infected. You screaming at them is going to do nothing. You need to pray for them. You need to fast for them. Bless those who curse you. Like, man, it was just so much I saw, and I was convicted, and I was picking up a spirit. I, I felt the presence. There was a presence of death, destruction, as I was there, and it was like, I had to stop. Because my body, it was too much. It was too much on my body. Then, like, a week and a half later, I saw this thing about in San Francisco or Seattle, I believe. And Antifa completely marked off this, this I, I want to say, like, a city or something where it's no longer apparently in the U.S. They're using U.S. dollars, though. But I don't know if it's still running, but I know it was running. And I was just like, wow, this this is it. Like, people don't understand. You are forced to wear a mask. No mask, no entry. No mask, no sale. This is conditioning people. And people people are so physical sometimes, they can't see the spirit. And sometimes people are, like, it's just like, bro, what? This is conditioning you to accept the mark of the beast. Well, I have to wear the mask. I have to eat. I have to get the mark of the beast. I have to eat. I have to feed my children. I have to feed my husband. I have to feed myself. I can't let my children die. They got a gun to my child's head. I got to take it. No, you don't. 
Now that doesn't mean you don't put the mask on. Like if it's needed, bro. If it's needed to go in the grocery store, go ahead. But be smart about it. Wear something that doesn't restrict your airflow. The mask and even in the box. It hold on. Let me check. Let me check. I'm, I'm gonna get the right word because I'm not gonna stay, sit here say something. Somebody like uh, you're wrong. No, hold on. Uh, mask box. We gonna just look at the mask box, okay? Um, what is it? Mask surgical. Yeah, boom. Mask box. All right. We gonna look at some image. I'm gonna look at some images and I'm gonna try to read. I try to read it. All right. Hold on. Anyway, they don't protect against viruses, essentially. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't, the surgical masks do not protect against viruses. If I got some, you, you know how many ways air can leave my body? If, if, okay. If I fart, right, and I got my, my pants buckled up, zipped up, got a whole belt on, you still going to smell it, right? You're still going to smell it because it's going to be able to leave, right? Same thing with the virus. If people are saying it's through spit, through breathing, that you know that still comes out, though, right? Just because you might not be able to, you can put a mask on and blow, you won't see a flame, doesn't mean it's not coming out, Trust me, I've smelt some bad breaths through a lot of masks. I'm just saying. Anyway, so my point is here not to argue with people about the mask, but we are not called to have fear. Do you think the apostles would be, in the, the disciples, do you think they would be preaching with a mask on? No, Paul got bit by a snake, shook it off, and he was good. And the people of that island thought he was a god because he shook off a deadly viper. Psalms 91, every church was quoting it. Live by that. Don't just quote it. Live by that. What was it, 10,000 fall by my left hand or 1,000 on my left hand or 10,000 on my right side? Anyway, people are going to die in front of you. Maybe not be in front of you. But it doesn't mean you're going to get touched. You need to be under the blood of Jesus. That's why it's so important to be living right. And I'm tired of people saying that people who say you need to live right are pushing works. You're not. Works is not living right. Works is not living right. You are called to be holy because he is holy. Consecrate yourself. Make yourself sanctified. Sanctify yourself. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of people saying that. I'm tired of people listening to effeminate preachers, pastors, who have been castrated and they have a Jezebel who's trying to be the co-pastor. That's not how it works, and I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of seeing it. Women are called to teach other women and children, other women how to be a woman, and stop saying it like that's a bad thing. Stop it. You are part of the problem. You're part of the problem. We are not men. Men are not women. We're not called to be men. Men are not called to be women. We have our own unique attributes that are not, like, they're needed. They're needed. Man leaves the house. 
There's God, Jesus, man, wife, children, period. There's order. If you try to get out of order, that's when chaos happens. That's why children are raised the way they are now. The dads are not in the homes. The mothers are forced to be the mother and the father, but can't be the father. Women, young girls are teaching affection, validation through men, so they do what they can do to please men so they can get that validation and affection and love from men. And men don't know their fathers and they hate it, so that's why they're killing other men. They hate men because the father in their life is no longer in their life or left or never was in their life to begin with. They don't know it. Some women have castrated men, their own children, and they do not know the authority they're supposed to have. They don't walk, and they walk very effeminate. Not homosexual, effeminate. They can't lead, which also can push a woman to have the Jezebel spirit and to rule over a man, which is not ought to, it's not to be like that. And it's just like, like this episode I'm telling you, it's just straight, what's ever coming on in my head and what I was already trying to say with the whole new world order is coming is coming and just don't hold on let me let me get my notebook all right so good where we at I said, I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. At least open your Bibles. Can't find it, but it's okay. We're going to go to 2 Timothy together. Let's see. Romans, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Boom. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. In Jesus' name. For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure. Is that here? So Paul was writing to Timothy. He knew it was his own time. He knew it was his time to go. He knew God was calling him to come home. And he said, I am ready to be offered. As a sweet, and I'm saying, as a sweet savor unto the Lord. And people are like, mm, God doesn't look at us as sacrifices. He doesn't look at it. In Revelations, it said, if it's talking about the lukewarm, since you are not hot or cold and you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Stop playing. Stop playing. But this verse, I brought this up because Paul said he is ready to be offered. He is, are you ready? You already know it's the end of the world is here. Some people believe the two. The two witnesses are here. A lot of people believe the two witnesses are here. Some, you know, the third temple is being built, and if it's not being built, it's already built, and they're having sacrifices, and that's where the antichrist is supposed to be. This world is so ready for the Antichrist. 
And for those listening who don't know, he's not going to come with devil horns. He's not going to come dressed in, I don't believe he's going to come dressed in red. He's going to come giving you everything your flesh wants, promising you everything your flesh wants. And I think three and a half years in, that's when it's going to go down, when it's really going to go down. It's going to be seven years he's going to reign. And if you don't believe, you can look at the music industry. Just look at the music industry, seeing how demonic it has turned. It's been demonic, but look how popular it is. Like, back then, if parents found out this is the music, they would break it, they would turn it away, they'd throw it away. Now, children are so rebellious, and the parents don't even say it. They love it with them. They love it with them. Like, I, I, can, I can look at some of my family members who are obsessed with Juice World, and they're too young to even have been heartbroken by a girlfriend. So it's just like Satan is using the heart trauma that he gave them to, like, I don't want to say sympathize, but to relate to Juice World's lyrics. And I just saw them with their friends just sitting down, listening to it. Not only do they idolize him, but it's just like, I remember when I was like that with X. And I had hope for him because before his last album dropped, the, the question mark album, before I closed my eyes to sleep, I, I prayed my soul to the Lord to keep. He had that song, so I was just like, ah, that's why he died. That's why he died. Satan didn't want him to talk about God. That's what it is. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. I ended up talking to Juice Rose's ex. And she was even telling me. She was friends of ex. She was even telling me that he carried himself as the Antichrist. And we all know that in the Bible it tells the, the word of God. It tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. Now the Antichrist. I don't know about that. But the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. And how I look at it is if you just look at the music industry. What does it push you see demons, death, depression, blasphemy, it's glorified, it's expected, it's promoted. They only care if you broadcast the beast. Dash William Kata. Anyway, that's not a shot. I was quoting him. Um I don't know. I just I just and it's only going to continue. And for us believers, and I hated using the term Christian. And so I saw it in the Bible. So I saw it in the Word of God. I'm a follower of the way. I'll say that. But I'm starting to feel more comfortable saying I'm a Christian. Because if that means, you have to you have to look at me from my perception. I was not raised in a church. Okay. I was raised on the idea of it's relationship over religion. God made man and man made religion. I was raised on that. So you got to look at it. I'm coming to terms with things. Okay. Oh, excuse me. But what I'm trying to say is we, we need to stop, one, living lukewarm. If any of my followers are living in a lukewarm life, you need to come out of that. You need to repent for backsliding. And you need to ask God to put you on fire. You need to be baptized in water and get baptized by the Holy Ghost with fire. He will do that himself. But you need to seek him out. Ask for the Holy Spirit to rain down on you and to fill you up. Because I hope you understand. Up to, not understand. 
you don't stand under anybody. I pray you comprehend that if any of you have any lukewarm friends, any unbelieving friends, they're going to be the first ones to turn you in when you're not receive when you're not taking the mark of the beast. When they're when they're searching for for believers, saints to be killed, to be beheaded, to be shot. They're going to rat you out. It even talks about it. They're going to betray brother. Will betray brother to death. So you need to stop playing. Watch your words. Be careful what you say and what you tell people. Don't be too friendly. Stop being too friendly. Love. But don't be too friendly. Be careful and make sure you're just putting God everywhere. Speaking to him. Get down on your knees sometimes. Humble yourself. I'm still I'm still learning to and teach myself that he will wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. He will prompt me to get on my knees and I'm like, I'll do it and I get up. I gotta work at six o'clock in the morning. I'll do it at five. And I ended up not doing it. So it's we I'm telling you because it's something I need to do too. But really essentially what i'm saying is you need to be praying a a believer who is not praying has a target on their back that is signed by said believer you're saying satan attack me when you need to be saying satan get behind thee flee from thee anyway um, so that con- I'm gonna say that concludes this for this episode. I'm uh, um, I'm gonna get my verses together for um, the next episode, and I will see you then. Thank you, and you know what, guys, stay strong, stay in the faith, fight the good fights. Hear that ring? Yeah. Anyway, fight the good fight, stay in the faith, keep your spirits up. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you haven't, repent and give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Um, believe in him and just, just keep keeping keep tapping into him and he will continue to tap into you if you battle doubt you gotta you gotta engage in spiritual warfare you gotta cast that spirit down love and that's with anything lust anger revenge unforgiveness racism whatever it may be gotta cast it down gotta you gotta get deliverance oh ooh we're not in it right now. I'm going to tell you about the conference. All right. So I was able to see one of my friends. Um, she was a sister in Christ that I had never met in person until the 8th, which was so amazing. So we went to uh, Atlanta again. Um, it was me, my husband, my cousin, uh, my cousin's husband, who was my best friend when I was my cousin, and then my cousin's half-sister, my cousin. So... All my cousins, <laughs> not all my cousins, but some of my cousins came, and my husband came, and I was expecting to see another sister in Christ, but she ended up not coming, and I'm actually going to ask her why, and then a brother in Christ was supposed to come, but um, Satan got to him, and yeah, unfortunately, but it's okay, and um, so we get there, and it's amazing, and this one is specifically, it's just to cry out, just to cry out to the Lord, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and 
I have received four deliverances before this. So hold up, one, two, three. No, three deliverances before this. And the third time I got delivered, it was probably the most vocal for me, the most um physical. I can tell. No, no, no. It was the second time. The third, the third one was it was chill. So during the fourth time during this conference, I was expecting maybe like two or three demons to come out. I had way more that came out than I expected. And I was expecting a certain spirit to come out during each one, and it never did. And this one, God told me, I do not deal with that. And that was amazing. And there were certain spirits that came out of me, and only one scared me because I groveled, and it wasn't mine. And it, I was, like, I opened my eyes a few times, and I was, I saw my, my sister in Christ. She was thrown on the floor, so I finally got confirmation that people do get thrown. Um... I myself, I started contorting, like, like I was on my stomach, because I was trying to, like, bow my head, and, like, I was being, like, I was gripping onto to the rug, gripping onto my leg, and I was pulling it sideways and everything, and it flipped me over on my back, and, like, my stomach was going up, my pelvis was really going up, and I had a lot of things that came out of me. And there was this one lady that was in front of me. And she just kept, as, as many as the demons came out, the more she said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And it kept me pushing. And I kept saying it again. It was, it was wonderful. And that was after like a two and a half hour or maybe three hours of straight praise and worship. And it was so beautiful because as I was worshiping, I saw this figure in the sky and all I could see was like a figure and I saw eyes of fire literally and I broke down crying. I felt his presence all around me. I got on my knees and I was just singing, rocking back and forth. And I just felt like it was just me and him. Normally, I'm a little self-conscious, but at that moment, it was just me and Jesus. Rocking back and forth, just just, just worshiping him. That's so amazing that I can say that now because I remember when I first started reading, I would see people worship him in the Bible. We'll talk about that and it will command us to do so. And I just had this spirit in me like, why do we got to worship him? Why must we worship him? Like, why does he deserve it? And then, just every day, he gives me a new reason to be thankful for him, to be grateful for him, and to give praise. Give praise. Hallelujah. It's just, it's every day. And I don't deserve I don't deserve it I was I was sitting on my porch Two nights ago And as I was in prayer I came to the realization I really was not a good person Before Christ Like I would have vouched for myself That I was a good person And anybody else could have told you I was a good person but I really thought about how much I lied. I stole. I hurt people. I was so quick to have revenge on somebody. I held grudges. I did horrible things. Horrible, horrible, horrible things. And when we were in the world, we were so dirty. If we had, if we were lustful, we didn't care about how. I just remember being innocent at one point and never wanting to sleep with anybody. 
Like I wanted to be I wanted to wait to marriage. I would have never slept with anybody like who wasn't a virgin. <laughs> and it's just like lust is never satisfied. So it just gets to the point where if you're attracted to this person, you don't care. And I remember this wave. I don't know what happened to my generation, but they don't want to know about body counts. They they don't want to ask that. They don't want to know. They don't care. Oh, you don't need to know about this. You don't need to know about this. What you mean? What you mean? You don't need to know about this. And it's just like, wh- where did this come from? Like, what? Why, why is nobody getting tested before they're doing this? And it's just like... I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I wanted to be pregnant. I wanted to get pregnant last summer. And I, if I would have... Thank you, Jesus, for not allowing me to get pregnant. Thank you for closing my womb. I'm telling you, I would have been a mother of a child whose father did not love me. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I would have been 17 with a baby. Like, man, I had no, no, like, nothing, no resources to protect this child, this baby, this little baby. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I thank him for so much now. The more, the more, the closer I get to him, the more I, the more I get why, why, why. He is worthy. He is worthy. His name is so holy. You are worthy to be praised, Jesus. And it's just... So, let me get back to the conference. So, boom. Me, my best friend, my cousin, my other cousin, and my husband, we all driving. We are leaving a conference. Boom. We go to get some, break the fast. Boom. Go get some food. We want a soul food. We ain't get soul food. We got some chicken and fries and some frozen lemonade that just tasted like corn high fructose corn syrup with water boom and we started eating that and <laughs> tuh, everything tasted like salt ain't no seasoning just over salted way over it tasted like powdered salt but hey that was our food and we're driving back and I see this lady on the side of the road. I see this lady on the side of the road. She ain't got no pants on. She got a Chick-fil-A. Her legs is up, kicked up. Her ting ting is out to the world. And she got a Chick-fil-A cover cup covering it. Like a broken Chick-fil-A foam cup smashed. So it's like wide like a fan and it's just covering. And I'm just like, uh, skirt, stop the car. I got we gotta talk to this lady. We gotta pray over this lady. And everybody in the car. Everybody in the car is like, no. Don't got time. Just get away. You be talking to people. The way you be witnessing to people is too long. We don't got time. We got work tomorrow. I'm just like, you should have called out. I called out. You should have called out. This is why I called out. And I'm like sympathizing them. I, I, I got you. I got you want to eat. But you don't got to do this with me. I can do it on my own. And my husband's like, you ain't doing nothing on your own. If you do it, I'm coming with you. Did it and everything. But of course, don't nobody want to come with me. So my cousin in the back finally was like, well, you don't have to go alone. I'll go with you. One person. But the person wasn't speaking up enough. So I wanted to walk, but I already know my my husband is 5'10", super strong. I'm not going nowhere. So I finally got people to let me out the car. Nobody wanted to come with me, but I got out the car. And I'm speaking to this lady. This lady told me, she was like, oh, no, honey, I'm a prostitute. You don't need to do this. You don't need-. So all I do is I, I give her my and this is not to boast i give her a blanket i give her um some panties 
I, I think I gave her pennies. And, um, no, I did not give her pennies. That's, that's unhygienic. And I literally said my, this to myself as I picked them up. I said, no. And I gave her, okay. So I gave her a blanket. I gave her, um, my, uh, my pajama pants. That's what I did. So as I'm doing that, I go back in the car and, cause my Bible had fell apart. I got a new Bible and this Bible is, oh, I got that trigger finger. You tell me what book, boom, I'm there. It's, Oh, I love it. But um, so I gave her a section of my Bible because I didn't have my other Bible. And I gave it to her. It had a bunch of annotation, highlights, notes, and all the other stuff. And I prayed that she would keep it, take care of it, and all the other stuff. And I was letting her talk. And she was so bound. So there was this other prostitute. From what I gathered, there was this other prostitute that she was working with who was a gypsy and she was doing magic she she did witchcraft on her because she couldn't like she was stuck in this same conversation i would try to tell her about jesus and she would think for a second and as i'm about to get to her she'd go back to it and she's like she doesn't leave me alone you know she stole money from me and i learned so much from her and i was asking her how she got out here and she came from a domestic abuse relationship and it made me think about wow so many women come from that and that's why we need to have such mercy on people who are sinful. Like, you really think people wake up and choose to be a prostitute? Choose to do heroin? Choose to kill people? No. Trauma. Trauma. Satan. How many times I got to say this? Satan does stuff in your life where it causes to have trauma. Trauma. And he uses that heart trauma to do the works of him. To kill, steal, and destroy. You are now a vessel for Satan. And I heard her. She was so beautiful. She had these beautiful eyes. And I, I could just see it in her. And she was tearing up. And the way she was explaining her services is basically taking care of a man, to love a man. That's how she was explaining it. And that's all she wants to do. But she needs a means of living. So that's what she got to do in her eyes. I tried to bring Christ to her But nobody else wanted to get out the car And God intended us all To get out the car But nobody else wanted to get out the car So We I'm going to say what I'm going to say For the end of this story We get in the car And I'm upset because oh that's what it is so i'm with this lady and i'm about to pray over her and she finally said yes at first she wasn't saying anything i would mention jesus she would she would get quiet i she finally said yes and we're about to pray she's about to repeat with me my best friend gets out the car and says we gotta go and i'm like did we not just come from the same conference did we not just get on our face get delivered worship him praise him have a sermon and talk about the love of Jesus and what we need to do in this world knowing we're in the last hour. Did we not come from the same conference? Am I tripping? Did we attend two different conferences? I was so confused on why everybody was just trying to focus on everything else but a soul to be saved. Like my husband used the word against me to say why we shouldn't go. And I was so confused. So, so, so confused. So I'm upset. I'm in the car. And now there's a debate going on about it. And I'm just trying to shut it out because I know something, something is so off. This isn't right. So we leave Atlanta. 
we drive through South Carolina, boom. We go to North Carolina, boom. My best friend and my husband switch out. My husband's now driving. And as soon as he starts driving, the car starts slowing down, boom. Done. Pulled over on the side of the highway. Stranded. Stuck. No movement. Instantly. Instantly. I was like, this guy. But it was for a split second. Ain't think nothing about it. So I had mentioned, you know what? Maybe we should worship. And this will get us out of it. And everybody did this halfway worship. And I'm just like, where is the faith? Where is the passion? God's gonna get us out of this. Where, where, where is, where, where is it? You know, um, boom. So we waited. We were stuck, stranded on the side of the highway for a few hours. Had to pee on the side of the highway, and then we got this towing person to pick us up and bring us to this gas station place or whatever. And then, cause we was searching, for, we was all searching for the money, cause it was like two thousand or whatever to bring us back to Virginia and all this other stuff. You know, it was nine hundred and something. Ain't nobody had that on hand and everything. And we just had rent due, so we it was barely anything we could do. So it was just like it was a whole bunch. And as we at this gas station, me and my husband are. I also told everybody in the car before we got out the car, we need to repent. We need to repent. I didn't do anything, but I knew I still had to repent because I'm with them. Ain't nobody went to repent. They was like, I'll do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. Why don't we get somewhere else? I was like, mm-hmm. So everybody left out. They had to use the bathroom. I stayed in the car. I'm talking to God and everything. Boom. Telling them to soften their hearts because I could see their hearts were hardened. I don't know what happened, but the hearts got hard. Boom. My husband come back in. We start to pray. Boom. And he was like, God just told me this is because we ain't stopped for that lady. I was like, confirmation. Confirmation. Boom. So I'm telling you had to tell them. You got to tell them. They ain't going to hear from me. They don't want to listen to me. So he tells them, and everybody receives it. And I'm like, what? You might think that's that's normal. They should have already received that. But I'm just saying for how everybody was acting, I was like, what? They received this with ease? So boom, right? So what happens is we come up with the money. Boom. And we end up staying in North Carolina, stranded. We, we get a hotel and everything. And we have to walk from this car place, like this, whatever, with our bags. No, we have enough food for just us. And as we're walking, you know, we're all talking about how God works. And I noticed that the disciples, that's when they were traveling with Jesus, they had, they weren't allowed to have any extra clothes on them. They had food. And they walked to travel. And we had to do that. We had to walk a shame to this hotel. And it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. And check-in was not until like 11 or 12. At first it said it wasn't until like 1 or 2. But it ended up happening at the uh, at 1. And then, so, we're waiting in a place after we do. So we end up going outside to pray. And that prayer was us repenting, ask God to, asking God to move on us and those and others and a whole bunch of other stuff. And 
Let me go back in. And my husband is stuck on his phone, and my best friend's blowing up the bathroom, I believe. And, and us three girls, we all talking and everything, and we all feel this earthquake. It shook the building. Crazy thing is, we already knew that was God. He was just letting us know, you're not forgetting this. I'm upset with you. And the crazy thing is, it like broke some roads in Richmond. Crazy, right? All the way where we are at, and all the way where we live, you telling me? Nah. Ain't no coincidence, baby. And it was there was so many, so many more things. Like we were making uh we was just making connections after connections after connection after connection. Oh, also, my my cousin she couldn't stop throwing up and my best friend who's married to her their stomach was bubbling and because they're one flesh he got the connection that because since he interrupted the prayer she got the quiet end and my husband was good because i'm the one that went up to her it was so many things there were so many connections we were making and god was revealing them to us and we were just like thank you jesus the entire time because he, he when he chastens you is it chasten or chasing whatever it is when he corrects you, you know that he loves you and it, it was such an amazing experience and we were changed it was very humbling to those and we all came to the conclusion that god knew all of our hearts at the beginning right and he threw a test out there and he knew because he threw the test out there and people responded one way and then he hardened their hearts and then when it came back they they didn't want nothing to do with it and it humbled everybody and it was wonderful it was such amazing her name is christine by the way so send a prayer for your girl christine in atlanta she got a little Bible with her. <laughs> Lord willing, is still with her. Just lesson from this, not only about, you know, being concerned about people's souls rather than what you got to do in your life because you were actually supposed to die with Christ when you went into the water and be risen with him when you came out the water. You're already supposed to be dead to your life. Your life is no longer your own. Your life is a living sacrifice. But the souls are more important. Have mercy on people when you see them. When you see that homeless man, that woman, whoever they may be, don't even gotta be homeless. When you see a person, don't sit back and judge them. When I say judge, I don't mean make a judgment. I mean, look at this drunk fool and make their life worse. Come to them with love, something they're not receiving, obviously. People do everything in life because the lack of love. And I can say that for anything. Just having, uh, the more homeless people I speak to, the more they cry so easily. They, they lack, people lack compassion when it comes to them. And it's so easy to see. I remember there was a man, Troy, that I spoke to. He was homeless, and I was trying to figure out how he got homeless, and he was crying because I asked him, and he was like, why are you why are you concerned with my life? Why do you care this much? And he was bawling out crying, and he, he knew his mother's number, and I took a picture. He said, can you send it to her? And it was just a whole bunch of things. I, I see the principalities in them. I, I see what's moving. And it's just like, I know God is revealing all of this to me, so I can be a very well-pressed grape.
I'm Olive. I've been Olive. And my oil would be flowing when I'm at a good age. I'm not ready yet. And I, I, I can say that. I can, I can speak to people my age. I could talk to people who are spiritually younger than me. But I still got a lot to learn. So I just wanted to um, update y'all on that. And obey. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. That's that's the lesson. And Jesus is more important than your job, than your sleep, than your food, than your anything. He's the most important thing. And if you don't obey him and you put anything in your life before him, you will answer. Just saying. And this also goes to show, be careful of who you walk with now. If this is what I can get from walking with believers, imagine what we all can get if we walk with unbelievers. Those who blaspheme God, those who don't believe, those who mock him, those who do believe. But they're lukewarm, so they actually take Jesus with them when they smoke. They take Jesus with them when they fornicate. That's 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 worse. Anyway, so um, I've said all I gotta say before I make my actual episode. Just wanted to, you know, give y'all a little something. something. Want to say I love y'all. Um, also, just again, keep Christ. Stay rooted. Rooted, stay rooted. Do not shake. Do not fall. You need to be built with an infrastructure that is a Christ. <laughs> Let your soil be of Christ. Let your foundation be of Christ. Let your walls. Everything that goes into being building for this analogy house, let it all be of Christ. Give no room for Satan. Peace and blessings. I'm the messenger I'm just the messenger